man, how, how can you be long-winded with nobody in the building? And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't make the rules. I don't make the timeline out. I just kind of preach, and then I quit. And today, I don't think... I don't think I have a lengthy message, but I, I'm just going through what God told me to. And I, so I want you to turn to the second chapter of Ephesians. And we're going to go just straight to verse 14. And this ought to be so encouraging to every one of you because this is something that is critical right this minute. It says, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. I want to read it again. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Wednesday night we talked about the curse of the first Adam. And when Adam sinned, it brought the whole earth, the, just the plague of a curse that would not be dealt with permanently until Jesus would be born. And I went through it a while ago. He would be born. He would be... Uh, mocked and rejected and all those things before he was mistreated and crucified and then rose again and ascended to heaven. That's when the curse was dealt with because we call it a curse. It was a curse because it cursed everything from the way uh, ladies... Uh, carry babies to the way we plant gardens and anything else you can think of because the curse was sin. But along with that sin, Paul says in this chapter right here, it also could be considered as a, a middle wall. Not just any kind of wall, but a middle wall. And I kind of want you to get that picture of a wall in your mind, but not just a middle wall in itself, a wall of Partition. And do you know, I think it's vital that me and you both look and understand, along with the wall, the fact that it was a partition. Because the word partition means a hedge or a fence, that which separates. But I want you to focus on this part of the meaning. It prevents two from coming together. And that's what happened when Adam heeded the snake, the serpent, Satan, whatever you want to call him, immediately it did this number right here in a wall. It, it prevented two from coming together. And we've done the series on the tabernacle that I've referred to many times. And you know, not everybody could boldly approach the throne. Only a priest, and it was special times of year, had to be done. A and there was even separations between who could even come inside the courtyard, who could go into the holy place, who could go into the most holy place. So there's always been a wall. There's always been this curse that has been a bigger problem than me and you can imagine or even think of. And this, this preventing the two from coming together was a bad thing. 
In fact, do you know we always brag and we, we, we imagine what it would be like to be Moses with a rod and watch the water part or Elijah or Elisha or Isaiah or, or like Daniel who could interpret dreams. And we, we say, oh, my word, if I could have just been there to see that happen, if I could have just been a part of that. And what you don't realize is they would give anything to be a part of this day after Messiah had come as he was prophesied. So see, it's like we want to be there, but really if we knew what they knew and they understood that was thousands of years off, they wanted to be here because, see, people that lived, ordinary common people outside of the Levitical priesthood could not enjoy the presence of God like you and I can today. There was this wall there, this middle wall of partition. Two, God could not be together with man like he was in the cool of the day in the garden. And God waited a long time for that to happen again. In fact, I want to read to you Matthew Henry's take on this account of this middle wall of partition. It says, He made peace by the sacrifice of himself, talking about Jesus, and came to reconcile. First of all, think about this the Jews and the Gentiles to each other. He made both of them one. They were separate. Jesus came to the Jews first. We know about that. By reconciling these two divisions of men who were wont to malign, to hate, and to reproach each other before, he broke down the middle wall of partition, the ceremonial wall that made the great feud and was the badge of the Jews' peculiarity and called the partition wall by way of allusion to the partition in the temple, which separated the court of the Gentiles from that into which the Jews only had liberty to enter. Thus he abolished in his flesh the enmity by his suffering in the flesh to took away the binding power of the ceremonial law. That's what Jesus did. So see, that was never God's plan when he created man in his own image for a, a certain group of people to be able to experience parts of him and then other people have to wait for a later date to occur in prophecy and in history. That was never the plan of God. That's why when you hear all these terms about racism and uh, you hear all these terms about separation, segregation, elite groups, this group, all the things that have been thrown around for hundreds of years and now heavy over the past five months. None of this was ever part of God's plan nor His doing. You see, whenever sin gets involved, hear me this morning, sin gets involved, there's always a curse with sin. You cannot have sin without having the curse. In fact, sin is a curse, and sin always creates a wall. That's why we have division in this earth, particularly our country right now. And that's never been God's will, just like the Jews and the Gentiles. That wasn't God's will to have two separate people. But see, you, sin came along. See, God didn't make a Jewish Adam and a Gentile Eve. He made man in his own image, and he meant for man. He defined it in marriage, by the way, as one in one, one man, one woman. 
And he said, and there was no talk or no thought of a group or a separation or a division. God made man to enjoy, as I said Wednesday night, the fellowship and walking in sync with him. But here you go with sin. And this is why this wall is so important for you and I to understand it because Satan is always, he's a spiritual brick mason, if you will. He's always building a wall. He's always trying to build a wall to take away, as we said the first few words of that scripture, our peace. He doesn't want you to have peace. And see, the only real people, if we're honest with ourselves right now, even people that deny the virus and technology or the rapture or the mark of the beast or anything, the only true people that have peace right now is the true saints of God who understand this right here and they see what's happening and they know what's about to happen. Nobody else really has peace. People are trying to cover it up with material things or just trying to talk their way out of it or just still holding their breath, crossing their fingers. Everything's going to get better, but really, truly, The only people that have peace right now is the people who have seen that wall demolished and they are back together with God like he meant for it to be. That's why the scriptures tell us it is in him that we move and we live and we have our being. It's only in him. You don't have it any other way. It's all in God. And when there's a wall in the way, you can't. Live and move and have your being in Him. You have it in yourself. Or the way the world has influenced and inspired you to have your being. And we see a lot of that going on right now. You have also been made aware that when you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, this is said in many ways, that it seems that my prayers hit the ceiling. It seems that when I, I don't know, when I go through moments of depression, I can't even tell you how many times I myself and believers have told me I just feel like my prayers hit the ceiling. Or we hear this in the world. feel like I'm just hitting my head up against the wall. I'm not getting anywhere is what people are saying. And you know, If you think about this, there's a lot of truth right there because if the wall is not dealt with, that partition there, all you are going to do your whole life is feel like you are banging your head up against a wall. It's not going to feel any better. There's not going to be any peace there that he says, for he is our peace. It's not going to be there. Because the wall is what is waiting on you every day of your life. And how do I deal with the wall? Well, I'm glad you kind of asked me that. Because the middle wall of separation, you see, is sin. Jesus tore down the wall at Calvary. However, Satan continues on a daily basis to use walls of sin to to separate uh, from God and from one another. For instance, the last several weeks, you've heard the term uh, racism, as I told you earlier. And there is really, folks, and this is going to probably turn over some apple carts somewhere, but there's really no such thing as racism. 
Now, before you get bent out of shape, there people are prejudiced and all that, but really, we only have sin, compliments of the curse and the wall, and it just, it has an earthly label called racism or prejudice or things we have, bitterness, hate, strife, lust, all the things, envy, pride, you, you, you go through all of them. And all these things are, folks, really. It's just sin with an earthly label. And seeing when the wall's not dealt with. When you don't allow Jesus to tear down the wall, you're also going to be faced with it. And I'll tell you this, you yourself will be tempted at times and even give yourself permission, perhaps, based on the way you feel or how you've been treated. Maybe you will feel like it's okay for you to to be racist, or you to hate somebody, or you to hold a grudge, or maybe you feel like you've been ignored at home, so you've justified adultery of the heart, sir or ma'am. And see, you can't do this, because when you do this, you are back in the Garden of Eden, and you are listening to the beat of that serpent, and you are biting the apple, while singing, while playing, while giving, while praying, while reading, any teaching, whatever, preaching, whatever. You cannot have fellowship with the world and God at the same time. You can't do it. That's the wall. Remember, the world is the wall. Anything that's in the world is the wall. Jesus died. I'm making it plain as I can today. Jesus died so the middle wall could be torn down, and once again, we could have one-on-one fellowship with God, not through a priest or not through a father or anybody else. We ourselves, when the wall is out of the way, we can boldly approach the throne of grace at our time of need and in our time of hour. And you know what? The veil in the tabernacle that we've discussed at the time when Jesus was on the cross. See, that veil represented a wall of partition as well, and I've talked about it in several ways this morning. But I want you to hear me because when Jesus cried out on the cross, it is finished. The Bible tells us that the veil, that middle wall then, that was in that tabernacle represented the one that, Satan erected when Adam disobeyed God and it was torn down. And what that means, when we call on Jesus, regardless of the size of the wall or the age of the wall or the length of the wall, it doesn't matter. Or even how good the wall feels at times. Jesus died so that when that veil was torn into, that represented you don't have a wall problem anymore if you don't want one. And I thank my God this morning that I had my fair share of days and times and wasted years living on the other side of the wall. But that was never God's design and plan for my life and neither is it yours God made you so that you could live and move and have your being in Him for the third time in righteousness, peace, 
and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what God did for you. He gave his only begotten son so you could have peace. And when the veil was torn, there was peace on earth once again that had been lost for thousands of years due to sin and what it had built up. And you know, I think it's just a great thing when Jesus came into this earth and we celebrate Christmas and one of the songs that comes to my mind a lot is a Casting Crowns Christmas song. It just says, peace on earth and it takes you back to the manger scene, tells a beautiful story of of God giving us his peace. And see, a lot of people need peace right now. You don't need money. You don't need food. God knows you don't need toilet paper because you bought $9,000 the first week in March. You don't need it. You need peace right now. You got a lot of toilet paper, but you ain't got no peace. And let me tell you this. You ain't going to get it. You can't buy it. You can't have it two-day prime because Jesus paid for it at the cross. And all you got to do is realize, Jesus, I know that I profess to know you. I know that I call you my Lord. I call you my Savior. I'm active in church. I try to read and pray and do my devotion every day. But Lord, this thing, whatever that wall thing is, is tearing me alive. It's a relationship issue. It's an employment issue. It's a health issue. It's a financial issue. Whatever your wall looks like, let me tell you, God says you need peace and I come to give you peace. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. That's what Jesus had on his mind. That's what he did. That's what he accomplished. And that's what's available for you today. God wants you to know that. I want to tell you that this wall is something that's got to be dealt with. We've got to do all we can do for Jesus before the trumpet sounds. And we need the peace of God. I want all of you that can, if you're in here and you know what I'm about to say, that scripture. The peace of God that passeth all understanding to guard my heart and my mind. If I didn't describe you right now when I said that, there's a wall in the way. There's a partition. In fact, I want you to think about this wall because when God built this wall or he watched it being built, he knew that when Jesus went to the cross that he would have to take on pain that man had never experienced. In fact, we were talking this week and I heard that when they needed to describe the level of pain, they came up with a new word called excruciating pain to describe it. And I just believe that with the thorns, the nails, the spitting, the humiliation, that every stripe on his back, when he took one, it might have been for abuse. That block came down. When he took one for anger, that block came down. When he took one 
for addiction. That block came down. When he took another stripe and his flesh was coming off, it might have been for sickness. Or for those of you that are in doubt, or you struggle with some kind of sexual sin, or you have a spirit of lying and you've justified lying, or you have guilt that you just cannot get rid of, or shame, or bitterness, or fear. You're worried about the coronavirus and everything that's attached to it. Every stripe on the back of Jesus, stripe after stripe after stripe, block after block I believe with all my heart until every one of those blocks were gone down from that middle wall of partition of separation Lord God Almighty endured it all so that you could be a person that could walk without any obstacle in the way so those of you that are listening today I want you to understand this If you have a problem, a hang-up, a root of bitterness, addiction, anything that can be thought of in this world or something you just cannot get the victory over, let me tell you, Jesus Christ is your answer. I don't care how long you've been saved. I need you to hear me. It doesn't matter about the date when you were saved or you were redeemed or you were even baptized or whatever. What matters is what you are doing right now. Are you daily Drinking from the cup of Jesus Christ. Are you eating his flesh today? What I mean, are you consuming Jesus? Is he all you really need? Is he what you need? Do you have the peace of Jesus that he came to give? Or is there a wall in the way? I just can't get through, preacher. I just can't shake it. We've talked it out. We've seen counselors, but we can't get anywhere. Let me tell you, you can get somewhere in the name of Jesus. You can get all the way to God today. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't limp away from that empty tomb he was resurrected the nails didn't hold him nothing held him the thorns the whip nothing held my savior he walked clean and free out of that grave and he ascended and he's sitting at the right hand of God and you can get to God today I don't care what's in the way you can walk with nothing in the way but you can't do it with Jesus for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. It's gone, but you have got to let it be gone, and you can't let Satan do what he's doing. I can't break through. I want God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. I want God to to use me in a great and mighty way. I want God to help me get over this bad relationship, or how I was raised as a child, or what happened to me on a job somewhere. Hear me, friend. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus. It's just a wall. And Jesus has dealt with it. See, you you cannot remain a Christian and be separated from Jesus. Once you give Him your sin, once you give Him your life, He is to be a life preserver that you hold to every day. And I don't care if you're around cool people, Rich people, poor people, famous people, or sinner people that wouldn't understand and would like. He's now your life preserver, and that's the way it is until you die. And when you let go of that, well, I'm doing good. I, you know, I read every now and then. I listen to Scripture sometimes. When you let go of Him being your everything, your support, your holding you up out of water to keep you from drowning, When you let go of that, that's when you run into those brick walls every time. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think about 
what's holding you back. Because I've probably told you what's holding you back today. I've told you probably in one of the names what's held you back. And all you have to do is just say, Lord God, this wall has gotten the best of me. This wall has defined me. This wall is separating me from the peace of God and from the presence of God. And Father God, I release today everything in my life and I fully surrender all over to you again. I will not believe another lie another day from Satan, but I cast all my care on you. You are my everything and I want everybody that knows me to know that, Lord. I want to feel like, God, that I cannot exist on Monday if I have not embraced you and spent adequate time with you, Lord. God, I'm praying for every sinner that has been listening today. They're not prepared, Lord, for what's laid out in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. God, I pray for them. They don't realize what hell is, Lord. They may think it's just a big dark room with hot fire. But Lord, oh Lord, God help people to hear me right now. God, it's worse than fire and heat and darkness. Lord, but it's permanent, eternal separation from you. There's no window of grace. There's there's nobody to confess to. There's no solution ever. There won't be a Messiah to get people out of hell. The Messiah has already come and he's available. So help every person, God, in the name of Jesus to call your name right now and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me whiter than snow. And Father, you will save them. And God, give every other person the strength that they need to address that wall in the name of Jesus and say, God, I no longer will be held hostage on the other side of the wall. Jesus is my life and my source. And I'm like, Paul, whatever state I'm in, I am content. God, and I thank you that I have your peace today in spite of everything. In the name of Jesus, amen.